We are in Yavamos Samach Dalid, Omer Aleph 64a, towards the bottom of the Gemara. We are in the middle of an interesting discussion based off of the Mishnah. Uh, the, the Mishnah was discussing what happens if a couple is not able to have children. And the Mishnah says that if they're not able to have children, so they are not fulfilling the mitzvah uh, to procreate, and to therefore they would have to get divorced. Uh, if they get divorced, so the Mishnah says that they are allowed to remarry. He's allowed to remarry. She's allowed to remarry. We don't know who is which one of the two are causing this problem of them not able to not being able to have kids, but they are allowed to remarry. Um, and uh, the amount of time that they have to wait is ten years. They would have to wait ten years in order. Uh, to figure out whether or not they can have kids, and otherwise they would have to get divorced. We mentioned in the last recording that we don't follow this today, and we gave different reasons as to why we don't follow it today. Uh, but the Gemara, one of the proofs that the Gemara gives, or the proof that the Gemara gives, uh, to the fact that they have to wait 10 years, comes from Avram. And in that discussion, it mentions that Avram and Yitzhak, both of them, when they were born, naturally they were uh they were not able to have children. They were people who were not didn't have the ability to have children. And so the Gemara now continues on that topic. Amr Rabbi Yitzhak, Rabbi Yitzhak says, interesting that it's Rabbi Yitzhak, the name who's talking here is Rabbi Yitzhak, who's discussing Yitzhak, the forefather. Yitzhak Avinu Akar Haya. He says that Yitzhak was Akar. He was not able, naturally, he was not able to have a child. Shinamar. As the verse says, It says that Yitzchak, when he daven to Hashem, it says that he daven to Hashem opposite, or together with his wife, Al it doesn't say that he prayed to Hashem about his wife. It's not about his wife, but the verse says, rather, opposite, meaning together with, about the same issue, to teach us that it wasn't just Rivka, who was not able to have a child, but also Yitzhak, both of them were not able to have children. To tell you how miraculous this is, that the, the fact that they were able to have children in the end, after davening for so long, after praying for so long, they were able to have children. It comes to show us uh, how miraculous it was for Yitzhak and Rivka to have children. So the Gemara then asks Yehachi if it's true that he's praying not just uh, for his wife, but he's also praying for himself. Why does it say Vayas or Lo? Why does it say that Hashem listened to him, implying it listened to him about what he's praying for about his wife? It just say Vayas or Lahemi You say that Hashem listened to both of them. Hashem listens to both of them, to both Rivka and Yitzchak. That he does something for both Rivka and Yitzchak because Hashem has to do something for both of them in order for them to have a child. So the answer is the reason why he focuses specifically on Yitzchak. Is because Lefishi Eno Doma Tfilas Tzadik Ben Tzadik Lefilas Tzadik Ben Rasha. An interesting line here. It says, Why does it say that Hashem listened to Yitzchak? It should say that Hashem listened to both of them because they were both davening for each other. So the Gemara says, Because Hashem specifically was focusing on Yitzchak. Why? Because Yitzchak is a Tzadik Ben Tzadik. He's a righteous person, the son of a righteous person. And so Hashem listens to the prayers of the Tzadik, of the person who's righteous, who's also the child of someone who's righteous, as opposed to Rivka. Who was just a, who was a tzaddik, uh, but she was the daughter of a rasha, and so therefore, Hashem listens to Yitzchak more. Now this is uh, not so simple. We know that the Gemara elsewhere tells us that the place where a baal tshuva stands is on a higher level. Somebody who 
returns to Hashem from after being born or in a situation where they're not following in the ways of the Torah and they return to the Torah, they are found to be on a higher level than somebody who was always at Sadiq, who was always following in the ways of Hashem. So this is really not so clear. In fact, some of the commentators point out that you could have, it is perhaps even preferable to have a Sadiq ben Rasha, somebody who is a Baal Tshuva, somebody who did return, be the Shaliach Tzibor, to have them be the, the one who leads the congregation. Perhaps our Gemara is limited to circumstance where they are praying alone. It's not on behalf of the congregation, but they're praying alone and, and calling out to Hashem. Perhaps it's specifically in the context of having a child. Um, there's different explanations that are given, uh, but it might be limited because there is a concept that the place where the where the Balchuva stands, where the one who returns to Hashem after not following in his ways is on a higher is in fact on a higher level. Okay, but that's what the Gemara says. So Amri Yitzchak, the same Rabbi Yitzchak now says, why is this? Why is it that our forefathers they weren't able naturally they weren't able to have children? Hashem had to perform a miracle after they prayed. Why, why is why did why did Hashem create it as such? And so the Gemara explains. The reason why Hashem did this was because Hashem desires to hear the prayers of the tzaddikim, of the righteous. Hashem wants to hear their prayers. Hashem puts them specifically in a situation where they have to pour their hearts out to God, and Hashem wants to hear that. And then Hashem will respond and give them a child, similar to the creation of the world, the founding of the world, Adam. Had to, had to pray for rain. Hashem created a world where there was no rain, and Adam had to, Adam had to pray for rain, because Hashem wanted, Hashem wanted the connection, wanted the conversation between man and God, and so, so too He wanted the conversation with the forefathers. And so we see from here that the Jewish people, we are founded upon our forefathers. We are founded upon people who want to communicate with God, who are put in a situation where they are forced to communicate with God, and we are born miraculously. Because naturally they were not able to have children. And so there was a miracle. We are born. Our founding is, is a miracle in and of itself. Uh, very beautiful ideas. Rav Yitzhak continues. What, how could, what's the analogy of the prayer of tzaddikim? Ke'asar. It's compared to a pitchfork. Just like the pitchfork it lifts the... Uh, it's able to turn the produce from one place to another. So then, our prayer has the ability to change uh, the attributes of God from being um, one of, the, from, of rage to an attribute of mercy. We have that ability through tefillah. Now, the famous question is, if, if Hashem wanted us uh wanted good for us so then he could have done it so in the beginning uh, what changes how does, how does prayer change the way God interacts with the world and so the Sefer Ikarim one of the classic commentators he explains that no we're not changing God God's, God's attitude doesn't change but it's us we are changing and since we are changing so then the way God deals with us is now different because we are a changed person through prayer. Prayer changes a person. Having that communication with God changes a person, changes who they are, and so therefore God deals with us uh, differently. Okay. Amar Rabbi Ami, the last line on this page. Rabbi Ami says, 
Avram v'sara tumtumin hayu. He says Avram and Sarah. Now going back to Avram and Sarah, they were tumtumin. It means that these were people whose sexual organs they were concealed. They were not able to have children because it wasn't functional. They couldn't even see them; they were concealed. How do we know this? Shenamar, because the verse says, "He beat you al tzurich utzavtem." Look. Uh, to the rock from where you were yun chutzavtem ve'el mikvas bor no kartem and to the hole of the pit from where you were dug and then nearby it says v'ksiv hibitu el avram avicham ve'el sarah t'cholalchem it's referring to avram and sarah about how Hashem had to uh, dig them up or to create a hole Hashem had to actively get involved naturally it was concealed uh, but Hashem got involved so that they would be able to have children. Amar of Nachman, Amar Rabbi Baravua, Rabbi Baravua says, Sorry, Menu, Sarah, Sarah, our our uh, mother, Island is Haisa. She was somebody who was born in a way where she would be underdeveloped. She wouldn't um, physically mature. She would be an islandess uh, until she was able to have a child at such a late age. You can imagine, you know. Uh, we think that uh, how big of a miracle was it for them to have a child, for them to have Yitzhak? She was her entire life. She wasn't able to. She was she was underdeveloped. It was a massive miracle. Shenamar, how do we know this? Fatihi sarai akara, ein la vlad afilu base vlad ein la because it says in the verse that Sarah was not able to have children. Ein la vlad, she has no children. Not only does it mean that she has no children, but it's a little bit of a plan words. She doesn't even have the base vlad. She doesn't have the womb. She didn't have a womb in order to have a child. And a massive miracle in order to, to have children. Now, parenthetically, there is a discussion as to if, if somebody is, unfortunately, they, they remove her womb. So are you, is a man allowed to, is her husband allowed to have sexual relations with her? That happens to be a discussion, but some want to bring a proof from Argamar. We see that even Avram Sarah was not, didn't have a womb. And uh, Avram and Sarah had marital relations with each other, so we see that it is permissible. So that itself is is a discussion. Okay, so that ends the discussion about our forefathers and foremothers and their inability. Naturally, they were born in a way where they're not able to have children. They Hashem did this so that they pray, they dive into Hashem, they create a, a, a connection and communicate with God, and then Hashem performs this miracle so that they could have children. Now the Gemara returns back to the discussion in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that you have to wait 10 years to figure out whether or not they're able to have children. So the, the Gemara says that might have been at a certain point in time in history, but it's not true today. Rav says, That it was earlier, because they lived a very long life. But later on, in later generations, we don't live as long. It's uh, it's much less than that. It's two and a half years. You wait two and a half years. Why two and a half years? You wait three pregnancy cycles. Um, so it's basically uh, two and a half years is uh, 30 months. You wait uh, three pregnancy cycles approximately. And uh, that's how you figure out whether or not they're able to have uh, a child. Others say... Rabbam or Nachum or Nachum says, no, you wait three years. Why do you wait three years? Can I get Shalosh Pekidos? Because we know you need three Rosh Hashanahs to pass. Because Rosh Hashanah has a special, there's a special aspect to Rosh Hashanah where we know that Hashem allowed people to 
have the ability to have children when they weren't able to have children. Specifically, Hashem remembered them on Rosh Hashanah. The Amar Mar Rosh Hashanah on Rosh Hashanah. Nifkedu Sarah Rachel v'Chana. Sarah, Rachel, and Chana. These great women. They were all not able to have children, and Hashem. Uh, created this ability for them to have children on Rosh Hashanah itself. And so we need three Rosh Hashanahs to pass. So you have to wait three years, not ten years, but three years to figure out whether or not they are able to have a child. So others say that, no, what are you talking about? You, we do have to keep uh, this rule of the Mishnah even today, meaning even in the times of the Gemara. Amar Rabbah, Lesnu Lahani Klali, are you going to tell me that they, we don't have these um, uh, we we don't we don't have this uh, these principles. He says, "Why not? Of course we do." Man talking. Who is the one who established the Mishnah? Who said this in the Mishnah? Rebbe. It was Rebbe. Rebbe Huda Nasi. And we know that for very much earlier people lived shorter lives. We know that for David Amalch, King David, uh, already in his day, he lived for seventy years. The average person lived for 70 years uh, with strength for 80 years but they lived shorter lives already from the days of David, of the days of King David Rebbe who wrote the Mishnah is certainly way after that time uh, so it's uh, it's clear that the Mishnah was written for uh, for that generation and people already at that time in the days of the Mishnah did not live long lives uh, so this will continue uh, so this uh, continues uh, till today Says uh, says Rabbah that uh, it's true that you have to still wait ten years, just like the Mishnah says ten years or so too. In the days of the Gemara, they would have to wait ten years, and so he disagrees with the previous opinions, who say it's two and a half years or three years. They say this should be uh, we should keep the the ten year mark. Okay, the Gemara now continues with two more questions uh, that relate to the overall topic. Uh, question number one is the high Shema. Uh, the Gemara asks that the language of the Brisa is that um, that maybe he did not, the husband did not marry to build from her, that the problem is on him, that maybe the reason is because of him. But who said so? Maybe it's because of her. How do we know that it's because of him? Maybe it's because of her. She was not the one who was able to have a child. So the Gemara says no. And and the reason why we're having this discussion is the question is as to whether or not she should really get her tsuba when they get divorced. If the problem is coming from her, so then she's the one who's causing them to get divorced. She's the one who's, who's creating this problem. So she shouldn't receive her tsuba, the amount, the money that she receives after the divorce that he has to support her with. But if she's the one that's causing all the problems, so then she shouldn't get the money. Why did the Bryce say that she gets the money that he now has to support her after the divorce? She caused all the problems. How do we know that? So the Gemara says, no, she didn't cause the problems. He might have caused the problems. How do we know? Maybe, but maybe she did. Maybe she did cause the problems. And so therefore, she shouldn't, uh, she shouldn't get it. She shouldn't get the Ksuba. So the Gemara answers, no. We say that since women are not obligated in the mitzvah of ha- procreation, of having children, as we will discuss later on in the Gemara. It's not for now, but it's a longer discussion later in the Gemara. Because... They are not obligated. They are obligated in a separate mitzvah of just to have one child, perhaps, um, on a rabbinic level, perhaps, uh, but they're not obligated on the biblical mitzvah of having a boy and a girl. And because they're not obligated, so we're not going to say that she should be punished 
She's not even commanded in it that she, we should punish her and say that she does. She's causing them to get divorced, and she shouldn't get her the money that she needs to, in order to be supported. Uh, no, that uh, from the ksuba. No, because she's not commanded in this mitzvah, uh, she's not punished. We don't punish her for that, uh, and it really depends on him. It doesn't depend on her. He's the one who has the mitzvah. Okay, one last question says the Gemara, and then a few. One interesting, uh, inter- interesting story. The Gemara says, "Ini, is it really true?" Do we really say what the Mishnah says, that if they're not able to have children after 10 years, so then the husband should marry somebody else? Meaning the Mishnah says there's an opportunity to marry somebody else. Maybe you'll, just because you didn't have kids from the first marriage, maybe you'll have kids from the second marriage. And where it says, is this really true? The rabbi said to Rabbi go and marry somebody so that you can have children. You were married before. You were not able to have children. Go marry somebody else. So the Gemara says, he responds back, He said, what are you talking about? If I, if I would have had the ability to have a child, I would have had it from my first wife. If I can't have it from my worst first wife, I can't have it from anybody. That's what he said. So the implication is that once you can't have children, so then forget about it. Don't even consider marrying somebody else. It's, there's no point. So the Gemara said, no. He wasn't really serious when he said that. He was just pushing them aside with an excuse. Why? Because the real reason is something that we had on a previous page, on a previous daf. Rabbi Abba Barzavda was a student of Rav Huna and Rav Huna gave a very long class. He was known for giving long classes and he would stick around and stay and be totally engrossed in the, in the study of, of the Torah and that because of that he... he uh, uh, was, had to go to the bathroom and he was holding it in. He, he didn't even realize, perhaps. And so, therefore, uh, he became uh, somebody who was impotent. They weren't able to have, he wasn't able to have a child. And so, therefore, he said, There's no point in me marrying a second wife. I know for myself I'm impotent. There's no difference. But for other people, certainly they should go ahead and, and attempt to get married uh, to a second wife. And so, this is, uh, this is the second time that we've seen this concept. We'll see that many rabbis had this when they were learning by Rav Huna. Uh, it's something which. Uh, it's hard for us to understand scientifically today. It's uh, not not really the case, uh, but it was in those days. And Rav Gidel also Yakar Mipirke de Rav Huna, Rav Bichalva Ikar Mipirke de Rav Huna, Rav Shishas Yakar Mipirke de Rav Huna. We have all these different rabbis who uh, they became impotent. Uh, for, they weren't able to have children because they stuck around in the class of Rav Huna, and. Uh, and they didn't uh, go, they, they were holding it in, and they didn't go to the bathroom, and as a result of that, they weren't able to have kids. Rav Acha Bar Yaakov. What about Rav Acha Bar Yaakov? soskinta tluya ba'arza. He was afflicted with a certain disease from being in the, in the class, uh, but uh, what did they do to heal him? They suspended him from the cedar column uh, that supported the, the study hall, the base medrash, uh, and there was a green palm leaf emerging from him, and he was healed. Uh, he was healed. The Beirav Nafik Mene Kuhutza Yarka, and he was healed. And Amar of Achabar Yaakov, Achabar Yaakov said, Shisin Sabe, there were 60 elders who were not able to have children as a result of the fact that there was such a long class. Havina Vakuli Yakar, Mipirke, Derev Huna, Labarmeyana, except for me, I was the only one who was able to have a child. Why? The Kaime bin Afshai. Uh, because I fulfilled that which it says, Wisdom preserves the life of who he who has it. That I was smart. Some explain, how, what, what, what made him so smart? 
he stood in the back. He was in the back, and so therefore he was able to uh, leave right away, go to the bathroom, and come back. Uh, other people, they would have to walk around, and there were so many people st- listening that wasn't, wasn't proper. Uh, but he was able to, uh, and so they, they had to hold it in, but he was in the back, and so therefore he was able to leave. Okay, that concludes this discussion of the Gemara, and we will have a, a new discussion in the next recording.